Hello, my friends, and welcome to this very first episode of Beyond Flutter, a podcast where I, Max, share my personal views, insights, and experiences in the world of software development. Sometimes I will have maybe a guest, sometimes I just speak about topics that are personally interested at the moment and that are not only Flutter related. Why do I say that? Well, I am working currently on a YouTube channel called Flutter Explained, where I usually give information on how Flutter is working, tutorials, tips and tricks and things like that. So what is my background? I'm working as a software engineer since 10 years now, and my current areas of interest are Flutter and Dart development in general, but I try to keep it as a full stack development so that we can see how to create applications from scratch. All right, but why is this podcast even necessary? So let's get started with the first section. Well, YouTube channel updates. <laughs> okay, so currently I'm working on YouTube on Flutter Explained again full-time. That means there will be a video every week and every second week we will have a live stream, which is prepared. And if I have time in between, there will be maybe other live streams too. Also, there is this podcast that I create here new, and I really hope you will enjoy that. And besides of that, yeah, because of the full-time activities on the YouTube channel, there will be some very interesting topics in the future. And also for the podcast, I have already a guest coming up, hopefully, that will speak with us about cross-platform development. The main topic today is the AI hype and how it is shaping the software development world. Probably you have watched already a lot, like, for example, the videos from Fireship that I can highly recommend, where he is talking about all the different things and also the limitations about AI. What I want to discuss or to talk today about is just how rapidly advancing of the AI technology happens. And that it is surrounding not only as software developers, but yeah, it also implies a lot of things into our societies nowadays. And I think that is going to be very interesting. So when I started learning the first time about JetGPT, I was excited. And if I think about when I first heard about AI, I can remember that I had a live stream a year ago and I think Mino or one of my viewers was watching and said, hey, did you try already Copilot from GitHub? And I was like, Nah, I don't think that is necessary now. So I said, let's let's keep that down. Now I know that this was probably a mistake. It would give me a head start on how these AI tools are working. If you have never worked with GitHub Copilot so far, it is a tool that is integrated into your IDE, like for example, Visual Studio Code or IntelliJ, and it offers you code highlightings and recommendations on how to improve your code even better. 
And you can just enter, for example, a comment and it will create you the whole script for it. That's pretty cool and convenient. And now it will be integrated soon with JetGPT4. And also more information on that you can find if you search for GitHub Copilot X. And then JetGPT came around and I played with the first AI tool that I could easily approach. And it was for free, which was for me important. And I was just amazed how strong it is, not only to create you content, because that will be the biggest future use case for it, I guess, in, in any circumstances, but it could answer questions quite well. It could write for me letters. And if you know how good my English or German is, I'm always very happy if someone supports me there. So I already pay for Grammarly and I think something like JetGPT will help me here even further. But not only that, I learned that there is so much potential behind of it. You know, it's more than writing some texts or getting a code done. It's all, all this sociological implications that will happen there that we cannot see now. Yeah, well, I sit down, played a bit with JetGPT and learned very quickly that I could ask JetGPT how to use different tools. And I could ask JetGPT to write me a tutorial for different tools. And all of that was very weird because suddenly I don't need any blog posts anymore. I didn't have to search it in Stack Overflow. I didn't have to watch videos for it. Here comes one of the downsides. Yes, you could ignore now all the other tutorials, but it would not help you. I still had to watch different videos. I still had to watch different blog posts and things like that. I used JetGPT more as an addition to my already known things. The problem was that I couldn't specify the problems well enough so that JetGPT could give me the perfect answer. And I think that is one of the biggest limitations at the moment. It's not that the tool is not super smart. It's that the people who sit in front of it <laughs> needs to learn how to work with it actually and quite well. Yeah, so I started using tools like Midjourney, JetGPT, Described. Midjourney was a tool where I could start creating images. I was drawing profile pictures of myself and added that into different chat yeah, profile pictures, which I really liked. With ChatGPT, well, you ask it questions, receive answers. You can also use that on Bing, which is pretty cool. It's like a chatbot, easy to use, very easy and working. And with the newest versions, you can even update images into it and it explains things to you. And you can even ask it how the different tools are working. And after that, I used also Described and or Descript, and it helps me to record this podcast at the moment. So it is a possibility to record things and it the, it's a video editor or a sound editor that has changed the way on how to work on things. And the best thing is it transcribes automatically all the words that I'm saying, which is pretty cool. And also it offers things like uploading your voice, that it creates an AI voice out of it, removes my filling sounds and all of these things, which I really like, and it helps me a lot. And besides of that, I tested Midjourney a little bit and created a images and I asked JetGPT to create me prompts for mid-journey so that I could get better views and things like that. So now my profile a picture in, in different chat applications is created by mid-journey because I liked it how the style is. So it's gonna be very interesting how much these will affect our jobs. And also the workflow that I had here for JetGPT, for example, I learned way more things that I could imagine. There is even a website called Prompt or Learning to Prompt. It's also in the description below. And from that website, I learned what are tokens, how I can really use them most efficiently. 
how I can implement that correctly and how ChatGPT in the end is even working. Another thing that I tried is working with Open Assistant. It is a tool that wants to create more or less an AI tool like ChatGPT, but as an open source application. So that will allow us to understand a bit more how these things create their code behind, makes open AI real open, more or less. Yeah. Open Assistant is completely open source and will it be, or will it stay? And that's why I really liked it. So here you work a little bit as a teacher for a model. That means on one side, you write inside what you want as a prompt. And on the other side, you are the assistant and answer correctly. And from these things, it will create you the AI tools. And there we are coming to a very interesting point. But before we start with that, I fell in love with AI in general, because I was really excited to see these new opportunities and how you can implement all that, how you can create easy content, how you write Twitter posts now in seconds instead of hours. But also that brought me to think, you know, if we then slowly drive into a society that only talks via AI, I think in Google, there is that funny word that you write bullet points to an AI. It writes you a text and later we will take that long text and put it back into bullet points. And maybe that's the journey we want to go to. And it will be very interesting. Maybe Gmail will have also implemented that already so that we only see the bullet points that JetGPT more or less created to us or Bard or whatever the tool is called. If you are working at any given point and you are searching for an AI maybe that can support you here, Check out the website, there is an API, sorry, there is an AI for that. It is a website which offers over 3000 AIs for 744 different tasks. That's getting updated daily, which is a crazy amount of different AI tools, which will help you to yeah, improve your day every day. All right, but enough of all that love to AI and all the benefits that it could bring and how beautiful the world will be. Let's talk a little bit about actual developments that are currently arising surrounding APIs or AIs. Sorry, somehow I've always the word misconception. It was the horrible when I made the video about open AI API. Very hard to pronounce, but Back to the topics, let's say we want to talk a little bit about current developments surrounding AI. Well, let's start with one of the most outrageous things I would say is that there was this yeah, open letter to open AI that was signed by more than 30,000 people, including Tesla's Elon Musk or Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. And so people that are very big inside of the tech industry but not so much into the AI researching industry. So there are, were only a few leading AI researchers that has signed the whole thing. And what is interesting here is they were telling the, they should make a six months break on development in that part because the language models that they created were too strong. And that could be correct or not. It's very hard for me to understand that, but I have found a very interesting tweet from someone who maybe has more knowledge than me. So Emily M. Bender, a professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Washington, has written or written and tweeted a little bit about the topic. I will share the links also down in the video description. But she told, we wrote a paper in late 2020, pointing out that this headlong rush to ever greater and bigger language models without considering risks 
was a bad idea. But the risks and harms have never been about too powerful AI. Instead, they are about concentrating of power in the hands of people, about reproducing systems of oppression, about damage to the information ecosystem, and about damage to the natural ecosystem. From what I can see is that there are researchers that, well, figuring out how AI should be best taken. And it's very interesting that they are against this open letter because it will not necessarily solve anything. If I read that correct and understand everything correct, then I would say, should we away all jobs, I think is included in this open letter. And this is a very long terministic idea and mindset. But we are not there. We have real problems at the moment. And the AI researchers try to focus on these instead of going onto a hype train and discuss this. So it's very interesting to see where the, the idea and the or regulations go into the AI space. And a country in Europe, Italy, take a different approach to the whole problem because they think there is missing regulations. And I think that too. And they announced GDPR concerns. And if you don't know what that is, in Europe, we have a very strict GDPR, like, well, how is the regulation of that? General Data Protection Regulation is the name, I think. And inside of that, we are not allowed to sell data from people. We have to obscure IP addresses. We have to be very careful with data of other people. And Italy said, well, we don't believe that OpenAI is very good with that. And with that, they uh, more or less shut down the service in Italy. My personal take here is I don't think that the Italians will stop using OpenAI now or JetGPT in that case. It feels more like, yeah, now they will use probably some VPN or anything to just access it because the benefit to use tools like JetGPT are just too big in and Probably Italy would be running into a problem if they would not allow to use AI in the long run. But this is my take. I don't know if this is true. So where do I stand now with AI? Personally, I love to use JetGPT and I love to use all the other tools that are so smart and even smarter than me. My personal point of view is we cannot stop it. It will not be like an on-off button that we cannot trigger anymore going to be interesting how the research is going around it because at the moment nobody really understands how these tools are working it's more like a yeah a, a lucky success but my biggest fear actually is that it is so cheap if you think about like alpaca is one that has created in stanford they paid only 600 bucks to create a language model which was sophisticated it, i think it was on level gpt3 or something so that tells us already that it's quite cheap to generate these things or cheap enough that, for example, states, and I think Britain has already created Britain GPT, will have their own language model trained based on their biases. And now that's fun and smart and everything for countries like Germany, Britain, which are free and everyone can do, express their concerns about things. But if you think about a country like Afghanistan or something like that, and they want to pollute more or less, yeah, or trigger an AI that solves their worldviews and serves their worldviews, I think in Iran is at the moment quite bad. So if you think about this and with the religious state behind, 
then it's going to be really difficult to understand that this, wherever we read something in the internet is not AI driven. And additionally, it will serve them to pollute more or less the brains of many thousands of people. And it could create different things. Like if you want to ask it how to create a bomb, JetGPT will tell you, hey, I'm a language model and I will not help you to create a bomb. But if you are working with, let's call it Iran GPT, then maybe it will answer sophisticated and maybe it will also show you how to build one or yeah, will ask, answer questions about the worldviews with very different that's than we have here in Germany or in, in England or America. And all that makes it very hard for me to find an overall perspective on how I stand with technology at the moment. So I love it for code, for coding. I'm pretty impressed what it can do for content creation. I'm super happy how it is at the moment, <laughs> but I cannot imagine how it will be in 10 years or something, because at the moment we need internet like blog posts and emails. But can you imagine a world where you say, Hey, JetGPT, send an email to Max from Flutter Explained, and it will not create an email, but it will pop up a message inside of my chat window. Hey, someone sent you a message and like this universal backend that everyone is afraid of it. <clears throat> that could mean in the future that it's obsolete to create APIs or write even apps or front ends for things. We just do everything inside of the GPT terminal and write it inside of text form what we want to achieve. Well, that is maybe a long, long, long term journey, but it is possible that in the future we will have just one self-transforming universal backend that does all the things, you know, that repairs itself, that does exactly what you need. And if you need something new, it will generate the thing that you will need. Also, there is the thinking about AGIs, like AI that develops human-like understanding and maybe even consciousness, which is also pretty scary in another way. But I don't think we are there so far at the moment. But let's see what the future brings, right? All right. But that's it for the first episode. It was a short one, but I hope that's okay. If you really liked that episode, share it, like it, and give it further to other people. And if you are happy, you could also mention some ideas what you would like to hear on this podcast. I will add all the information down in the video descriptions, like resources and things that I would like to share. And it would be amazing to hear from you what you think about that topic in general. Besides of that, there is not so much to say. Then thank you for listening and see you the next time. Bye.